comforting classics, fresh new content, something old, something new. Join Emma and Lucy each month for a new podcast from Fan Critical. Hello there, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Something Old, Something New, a brand new podcast from the Fan Critical Stable. I'm Lucy, and I'm joined on this episode and every episode by Emma. Hello! Hi, Emma, how are you? Yeah, good, excited. Uh, today is a good day, A, because we get to record our brand new exciting podcast, Yep. Um, also because I just got a new job. Woohoo! So, happy, happy days, I'm, having a little drinky to celebrate. I'm clinking my glass in your honour. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm having a very classy glass of Italian Pinot Grigio, oh, and it is of the large variety because it's Friday night and celebration. Why the hell not? Um, I've what got about you? a Negroni, but mm. in lieu of the gin, I have replaced it with homemade rhubarb syrup. I'm not even celebrating. I'm just, you know, it's the end of the week. Mate, it's Friday. You I'm know. celebrating that. Um, so on to the show. So regular listeners will know that we've undergone something of a restructure over here at Fan Critical. Um, that's partly due to the lack of content being created, basically, because of COVID. There's not as many shows out there for us to watch and review for you. So mm-hmm. we've decided to expand our output a little bit and create our own content. So we're now producing five different shows and releasing an episode every Tuesday. So we're still going forward with fan favorites like How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That? and The Worst of Netflix, but we've introduced three new shows. This being one of them, Something Old, Something New, where we will chat about something old that we've watched recently, something new, something new to us at least. Um, And the idea for the show, I think, came from the fact that during lockdown, most of us had a lot more time on our hands than normal. So we've just been re-watching classic shows or getting into stuff that we've never had a chance to watch before. So I personally binged the entire five seasons of the OC during my maternity leave. I have no regrets. <laughs> that was a good use of time. Do you know what? Looking back on it, I have great fond memories of the OC. Uh, uh, me too. Back now in I have the day. It, now I have it double because it reminds me of being a teenager, quite a young teenager actually. And then it reminds me of, well, lockdown wasn't great, but you know, the, the bonding months with my first I think one day, one day we'll look back at it fondly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like we've had so much time and that's kind of where, how the fuck have you not seen that came about exactly we've got time to watch shit now the amount of films i've watched lately considering i'm terrible at watching films i'm more i'm a tv show yeah like if you you give me a 12 part series or a two-hour film i'll take the 12 hours of tv really so i totally illogical i need this is one thing about the whole um binging new shows there could be a show and it's like everyone says it's so good and i'm like oh how many seasons like seven like oh no I need, I just, I want to either get in on Jump Street and watch it from the beginning or it needs to be quite a limited series. Uh, That I'm 100% in for watching, by the way. Never seen it. What, Jump Street? 21 Jump Street. Oh, I love it. Uh, That is a film. If it's on, I'm like, "Mm, should we just watch it? It's so good. And I even quite enjoy the sequel. Um, But we're not here to talk about, I mean, maybe we are. Maybe that could be your your something new next week, Emma. Maybe. 21 Jump Street would love to discuss that at length. Not going to lie. Um, so yeah, this is our new podcast. We've also got the lads are chatting about lad stuff over on 60 Minutes to Midnight. And we've also got a new one. We've had one episode called Not All Sequels Are Created Equal, where yeah. each... Yeah, what concept? I know. Each episode, two of us have to kind of pitch to the others ideas for sequels to films that never had sequels. Um, and then 
the others decide which should be greenlit. If you haven't listened to our first episode of that, Lucy won. Hey, that's a spoiler. Uh, oh, spoiler warning. Lucy won with a sequel to The I mean, Sound of Music. What I would say is just go and listen to it. Emma yeah, has kind of ruined it now. With, I have, with... yeah. But so, it was excellent, yeah. So go, yeah, go and listen to that if you haven't and just go over to our page and subscribe. Do it. Do it now. When you've listened to this episode. Okay, so Emma, something old. Have you watched anything old recently? Well, I watched something and I was like, is it old enough to be considered old? And then I realised it came out nearly 10 years ago. So I was like, that's old. That's old. Um, but it was it's old, but it's new to me. So my uh, my something old this week is the 2012 uh, Michael Shannon film, The Iceman. Uh, which if you haven't seen it, Lucy, right up your street. I've never even heard of it. No, I hadn't either, right? So Richard Kuklinski, uh, like apparently, never heard of him before, notorious contract killer for the mob. Okay. I guess. Um, And it is basically the story of him and how his family had no idea that he was this contract killer. They thought he was a Wall Street, like foreign exchange guy. Um, And then eventually, obviously, spoiler warning, at the end, he gets caught uh, in 1986 but he's like totally blew me away so it starts Michael Shannon plays Richard Kuklinski he Michael Shannon is so underrated as an actor he's just so good um you got bizarrely James Franco appears at one point ah um Michael Shannon is married to Winona Ryder uh and then you've lucky got people guy. such as yeah very lucky guy and she is excellent in this like so good love Winona You're, Ray Liotta as uh, Roy Demio, who's like the does crime he, boss. Yes. Does he play a mafioso? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, he does. Shockingly. And very shocking. Very, very well. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden, you've got these random... So, <laughs> I'm watching this for Joe. We're lying on the sofa. And I was like, is that Ross Geller with a weird moustache? No. <laughs> in a shell suit? And it's like, yes, it's David Schwimmer. Uh, Joe doesn't talk like that at all. Um, He's very formal like, and So posh. David Schwimmer is like the second man in charge to Ray Liotta, which is fucking well, hilarious. This sounds like a fever dream that you've had, I have to say. I've, I've not heard of the it's film. Not. I feel like you haven't done the assignment and you've just no. made a film up off the top of your head. I'm going to Google <laughs> it as we speak. Well, Lucy, you'll like it because it's only an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Which is decent. Um, and the second surprise appearance of an actor... So there is another contract killer that appears and, um, you know, things happen. This contract killer is called Mr. Freezy and he drives around in an ice cream truck. And he's played by Chris Evans. Of Captain America fame or of TFI Friday? <laughs> Can you imagine if it was Chris Evans? Too? <laughs> like British Chris Evans playing a contract killer in this oh. film. Um, no, I Chris Evans, one Captain America. Oh, okay. So he would have been fairly young. I mean, how old is he now? Not that young. Uh, let me check the imdba. Uh He was born in 1981, so he is 40. He's just turned 40, actually. Happy birthday, Congratulations, Chris. Congratulations, Chris. <laughs> Congrats uh, on your 40th. So, yeah, he would have been 30. So, yeah, young. Uh, not that young. I, like, highly recommend it as a film. So it was because I love a bit of true crime. You do. Who doesn't love Ray Liotta as a mafioso? No one. Uh, a surprising cast. Um, and actually, like, really well done, I thought. Like, good story, obviously, because it's a 
you know, based on real life. Good cast, good, like, the cinematography is really good. So it's all, like, you know, like, dark and vintage-y. I, I generally, I think you'd enjoy it, Luce. How really did you it. come upon this film, is what I want to know, because I've never heard of it. Not that I'm the be-all and end-all for films, but, you know, heard well, a I, lot I, of I films. Had, I hadn't either. So, um, and if the audience has never heard of it, then soz, guys. Uh, you know, this is it's tough shit. Um, so, Joe, my other half, has watched basically every film ever because so he's a firefighter and he does a lot of night shifts so we'll just watch shit uh, I know, iPad, yeah. waiting for the bells to go down like so he watches a lot of films and only work does like four shifts a week apart from being on call so there's a lot of time in his hands so quite often I'll, I'll go on to like amazon prime or netflix and be like, oh a new films been released i've never seen this seen it <laughs> seen it seen it luckily he's quite happy to re-watch films so i jumped onto amazon prime i think it might have been sunday night or something and um, it's, I think it's a new release on Amazon Prime. Okay. And I was like, oh, I thought we could watch this. And he's like, I've seen it, but it's really good. You'll really like it. He slept the whole way through it. Perfect. Um, but I, um, for once, didn't fall asleep. So it was, I think it was either a new release or it was featured on Amazon Prime. And actually, I don't watch Prime a lot. I'm a, I'm a Netflix girl. I'm lazy. Uh, I think Prime is good for films, but Netflix yeah. is good for shows. Although actually Amazon's got quite good shows. But I think... Netflix will have like the classic shows that you want to watch, whereas Amazon, the content, they're making quite interesting shows. But yeah, films, definitely, they have good films on there. And I forget like how good Michael Shannon is. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, so it's it's about a real life contract killer. Great, love that. And Michael Shannon, um, who I've seen in so many things. I think I only really remember him or like really recognise him when he did Shape of Water. yeah. Which was Oscar's nomination, wasn't it? It was. Uh, well, yeah. 20... I, don't know, I don't know if he was nominated, but the film was for sure. Well, no, the film was, yeah. Um, and actually, he's done so much stuff. Um, interestingly, he also starred in the Waco TV miniseries. So uh, I heard about know. that. Is that the recent one? Uh, the 2018 version, yeah, which I haven't seen. So I'm no, not I haven't that, seen actually. either. I always think, I mean, he's very intense and deranged. I remember him in Boardwalk mm. Empire, probably my like indelible memory of him. And I feel like every time I've seen him since, he's playing that same kind of deranged, overzealous character. Um, so I'm not like the biggest Michael Shannon fan. I recently watched, this is nothing to do with my something or something new, um, but The Little Drummer Girl... Um, which is a uh, John Lee Carey. I've not seen that. Um, it's Alexander Skarsgård, so you know I can't hey. say much more than that. Um, and Florence Pugh, who I love, and in my mind, when I'm world famous, she will play me in a film because I just love her. Um, but he's in is that. She really your choice to play you in your yeah, biopic? yeah. Nice. In my mind, like I can see, I, it. I just look like her, even though I don't. And she's really beautiful. I'm like, yeah, I kind of relate so to you, you a bit. She's. I'm not I think short, she's, but she's quite short. And she's like, kind of. She's human, I think. And yeah, she's, she's beautiful, but she's not. It's like not attainable. Yeah, it's realistic. Yeah. Um, but he's in that. He's in that. It's it's quite good, but I find him just a bit. It's a bit much for me. I have to say, Michael Shannon, not one of my faves. Considering nobody's heard about this film, um, I'm I'm going to first give you the tagline, mm-hmm. which is "Loving husband, full stop. Devoted father, full stop." ruthless killer Ooh. full stop so that kind of nails can you be all three bits. we'll find out if we watch the ice well man. yeah you will find out no spoilers but um 
yeah. you can't. You all can't the inside be. details are true, uh, and you can't know because you will get caught eventually. Um, but basically, the so the storyline in the nine so sixties it starts. In the nineteen sixties, Richard Kuklinski is working as a porn film lab tech until his mob bosses persuade him to change his career into that of a contract killer. For years, Kuklinski gains a reputation for cold-blooded professionalism, even as he raises a family who are kept in the dark about his true career. Unfortunately, mob politics ultimately forces him to secretly work independently with the psychopathic Robert Mr. Freezy Prong. Uh, or Prange, I think it's Prong. As much as Kuklinski tries to keep his life separate, circumstances and his own weaknesses threaten a terrible collision as the consequences of his choices finally catch up to him, as they always do. Yep. You can't um, outrun your consequences. And the IMD, top IMD tags, serial murderer, based on true story, contract killer, murder of a girl, crime family. So that's just ticking all your boxes there. Those Literally, are your you prerequisites could have just showed me that. for a film. I didn't even need to know the name of the film, who was in it, just those things. Murder of a girl is a bit specific as a kind of, what I think is a search term for IMDB. So we're falling into a bit of a dark world here. Yeah. What are the mafia doing murdering a girl? That's what I want to know. I thought they only killed them, each other, you know. Ne- never leave a witness. Right, yeah. Nice. Yeah, brutal. Well, I mean, um, that sounds like a, a good film if you're in the mood for that kind of thing. Contract killers and such. Yeah, if you like a bit of murder and uh, true crime. How does Chris is... Evans acquit himself as a deranged killer? I've decided he's deranged. He is deranged. He's mental and not in a fun way, in a, like, I don't really know how to handle you, Mr. Freezy. Um, cool name. So, Frosty the Snowman he, style. Yeah, proper. I mean, he does, he literally drives around in an ice cream van and when he's not doing contract kills, he's serving ice cream to kids. Is he based on a so, real character? Uh, yes, I think so. So when he first appears, he's got like shaggy hair and a beard and I was like, is that... Is that Chris Evans? And he plays it like it's almost like kind of he's the cool sixties, like quite vibey kind of guy. Whereas Michael Shannon's character, Richard Kuklinski, is he's literally—I mean—he's called the Ice Man for a reason. He is cold as fucking ice, like dead. Like his face has no emotion, nothing. And there's a scene near the beginning where Ray Liotta's like, "You've got to, um, you've got to become a contract killer now. So go and kill that homeless bloke." And literally, there is nothing in his face, cool as a fucking cucumber. Um, so the comparison between um, Kuklinski and Mr. Freezy, obviously, is quite amusing. But he also is ruthless, which I thought actually never seen Chris Evans play a role like that. I thought he was pretty good. I've got to admit, though, Winona Ryder, I think she's the standout for me. She was excellent in this. I love her. I'm glad she's, she's back. She's so good. I know this is an I old miss film, her. but generally speaking i'm glad that she's back in our lives because i think she's fantastic yeah well she that's, really is that does sound like a good film if again if you like true crime sounds like it could be like a half half version of the irishman like half the length. yeah actually a little bit like that when you um, say about like a hired hitman yeah kind of mob, kind of where my mind went mob biopic uh yeah i think you'd like it loose actually to be honest um, and I think it might change. Well, I think it'll change your opinion of uh, Michael Shannon because he is exactly the same as you've described him. <laughs> uh, but might change your liking of his uh, cold as ice. Will he ever play a good character like a goodie? Has he ever played one? Maybe it's just his face. He just looks 
like he is could be deranged i don't know um because i will admit now that i've never actually watched more than one episode of boardwalk empire i watched some of it but then stopped very interesting story there but yeah not because it wasn't very good i I don't know why i find it hard with some of these things unless it's Mm. like game of thrones or something uh, to actually stick with it and there's a there's a pattern emerging with a lot of them like the Wire, yeah. The Sopranos. I've watched some of it, but I never finished it. And that's a, that's a reflection on me, not the shows, because I'm sure... Well, I know they're very good from having watched some of them. Maybe that should be one of my yeah. projects. I feel totally like I'd absolutely love it. I've just never really gotten around to watching it. So maybe that should be our project for when we have some free time, Lucy's watch a bit of Boardwalk Empire. Right, write a note. And that kind of will link in slightly, actually, quite nicely, to my something new... That was your something Ooh, old. Oh, something new. Yeah, so we've done something old. We'll do my something new. So I watched recently Time on BBC. No, are you kidding me? That's mine too. Oh, okay. Well, we can just kind of... <laughs> you said, I wonder if ours will be the same. How? I was like, wouldn't have thought so, but okay, yeah. Oh my God, how fucking good was this show? So good. Okay, so I'm going to do a little just overview for the listeners. Um it's a drama written by Jimmy McGovern and he's basically like the last word in exceptional gritty British drama. Yep. He created Cracker. He did a show about the Hillsborough disaster. There is a long list. Um, and it stars Sean Bean and Stephen Graham, who are basically the last word in exceptional British actors. And Stephen Graham played Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire. So there's a little link there. Um, ah, yes, he did. I forget about that. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a sensational actor. So the the show is set in a prison and Sean Bean is the new inmate and Stephen Graham is a prison guard. And I would say it's just a pretty searing indictment of um, the prison system, the harm that inflicts and ask the question of what good it does as a whole, I would say. Um, It's very grim. I found the first episode in particular quite hard to watch. It's very bleak. It was, wasn't it? And also it's bleak because it's up north. Yeah, I mean... It's grim and up if you're north. British, you know, as soon as you get up north and you're in a drama series, it's going to be bleak. If anyone's watched Vera... Nothing it's, it's... nothing good can come of going north in a drama. No, but actually, I agree with you. Like that first episode, I was uncomfortable uh... watching it, actually. Like I found it really challenging, but I could not take my eyes away from it because the performances were amazing. This has got to be the, the best Sean Bean's ever been. And I... I love Sean Bean. This yeah. is a Sean Bean loving family. My little brother is named Sean after Sean Bean. That's how much we love him. From is Sh- he? Yeah. My mum was obsessed with Sean Bean when we were young, <laughs> like sharp. And then, you know, from Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones. Yeah. But um, I think even watching it with Aaron and he was like, at the end, he was like, I didn't know Sean Bean was such a good actor. I was like, where have you been? Like, I know he did do a lot of Hollywood villain stuff for a while to pay the bills, but he's but a fine actor. And this showed it like, the vulnerability he had broke me. In the first episode in particular, the bullying, I was like, oh, I can't stand bullying. I can't stand no. someone and not being able that to kind defend of bullying as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, it was awful, but it was brilliant. And there was, a, there was an arc of redemption, ultimately, without giving any spoilers away as to the plot. But yeah. Yeah, that's going to be really hard. So like, I'm a big fan of a three-part bbc yes. drama that was the other thing because uh, i couldn't have watched six episodes of this it's too bleak no it's too way grim. too much but i am um, 
so Lucy, do you what have you do you watch Line of Duty? I wa- I watched the first two seasons. Um ah, right. I know the guy is in it. I know the, the guy is in it. If that's what you're gonna say. Oh, Brian McCarty. No, I wasn't actually that wasn't about that. Um so Stephen Graham is in season four or five. Uh, okay. four, he pops up in no, maybe five. He pops up everywhere. And he, he is amazing in that, but a completely very similar um character arc but a completely different character in like in, in this I felt as much for Stephen Graham's character as I did for Sean Bean's yeah I mean I felt I sounded like really emotional then it wasn't that it was just I feel like for life. me Stephen Graham he's got the the air that he can handle himself and the character did as well as much as he was in an impossible situation um but there was just something about Sean Bean like seeing him so out of his depth and just vulnerable and and broken. Never really seen him like that. Obviously, Ned's final moments were not the best, but but it was he had swift, he had inte- and he had integrity up to the end. Whereas in this, he's just completely debased and dehumanized by his treatment, and he has no response to begin with. But what I found really interesting about the show, and it kind of avoids the tropes of you know, the screws are evil in prison. Like, no, they weren't. They're just people. They're, they weren't really the problem. It's the system that's the problem. Mm. I think, so one of the things that struck me about this is I think it would have been really easy for the, for the third and final episode to have gone a particular way. And it went the opposite. And I was sitting there going, please, please don't let it go the way I think it's going to go. The way that every other drama series about something like this so, like, for, for without giving any spoilers. Yeah, what did so you the, think, what were you worried was going to happen? I was worried that he was just going to turn into, like, a violent bloke in uh, the prison that ruled because everybody did loads of drugs. that's like the, the film that you watched, what was it called, with um, Jamie Lannister, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, chat. I didn't finish it because uh, I fell asleep. But, yeah, that, so that so, was yeah, why I watched I was that because we just watched Time. <laughs> yes, I was, when you sent me that photo, I was like, that's a bit, this is a bit like Time, but it's, yeah, not... No, it wasn't realistic, that film, very, I don't think. This is much more realistic. I think it's very... Well, I don't know that it would be unrealistic for somebody to... I mean, okay, not to the extent of that film. um, It's how quickly he turns from inmate. Anyway, we won't go on on about that film. But yes, um, I think the the premise of this, without giving any spoilers, is that Sean Bean's character, Mark, has been imprisoned for accidentally killing somebody. Um, is being bullied around and essentially probably the only way that you can get, you know, stop being bullied and stop being beaten up is to become a total arsehole. Yeah. Because that's what everyone else does to survive. Yeah, so you're going to have to fall in with one of the prison gangs. Yeah, exactly. And he wants redemption, doesn't he? He wants, he believes he deserves the punishment. But there was a line his mum said and it really stuck with me. Um, Sue Johnson is fantastic as well. All the acting was just like, top notch she said you're in here as punishment not for it and I think that is so true like no matter what you think about the people in prison being deprived of your freedom is the punishment people should not be going into prison and being fucking clobbered with snooker balls they should not be getting boiling water and sugar thrown over them like none of this should be happening that's not the punishment we're not in the medieval times where people are tortured I don't care what you've done you're in prison you're deprived of your liberty. How are people ever going to come out better and serve society 
when actually they go in and they come out as criminals. Like the the young lad that stabbed that boy. And that scene was amazing when he's explaining to the parents what happened. He wasn't a bad lad, but he's going to come out. You can see he's high on spice or whatever. He's going to come out a criminal. So where's the rehabilitation? I'm not saying everyone can be rehabilitated, but what purpose is the prison service serving to society? You've got to keep these people off the streets, many of them, yet yeah, violent criminals, but the ones that aren't, how are you going to stop them from just re-entering society as criminals? And that's the question it kind of posed to me, and that's what I was left with. And I think it's a really interesting question, isn't it? And I think if, if, the, if the series had gone in the other direction, I don't think I... I think it would have felt lazy for me. But the fact that it showed that... This is a slight spoiler, so if you don't really want to know what we're talking about, if you haven't already gathered it, then um, skip forward a minute. Um, the fact that it showed that somebody can come out of that system for the better, even though they've gone yeah. through and had to experience and had to kind of stand up to so much shit, I think is a really brave thing to do. Because the easy option is that in the end, he takes over from Brian McCarty and he's king of the prison. Yeah. You know? And actually, both him and Stephen Graham were able to get their redemption and to an extent work towards forgiveness, which ultimately is what they wanted. Um, I've got to give a shout out to uh, Siobhan Finley. Yeah, I love her. She pops up in a lot. and She, she is so good. She's just got that gentle way about her and it was the perfect role for her because it did show that there's not, like I said, not everyone that was working for the prison is fucking horrible and is there to make life for the inmates miserable and the hope that she offered and, and the scenes with the children that had come in. I, I love that. I just think it was such a... How amazing. Amazing. Uh, it wasn't, it didn't just show one aspect of prison life. It showed, and well, you know, when he's teaching the guy to, to read and to write, and that could have been quite a um, cheesy and kind of tropey moment. But the way it was done, it made me really emotional when he was like, because Sean Bean just doesn't smile throughout it. But when he actually did smile, I was like, oh. How powerful was that? the smile. It's just one of the best things I've watched in a long old time. A really long time. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's really powerful. And I've got... So, shout out to Siobhan Finneran. Like, so in the last couple of years, she has done a couple of absolutely fantastic miniseries. Sis? Oh, Happy Valley, great. Um, Did you watch A Confession, which came out... I think 20 Yes, oh my God, yes. I was talking about this the other day with Martin Freeman. Oh, so good. So that's based on um, the detectives. uh, So Martin Freeman's character is Steve Fulcher, isn't it? So um, there was a guy who'd murdered a couple of people, uh, a couple of young girls, about 10, 15 years apart. And and, um, Siobhan Finneran plays one of the mothers. That, I think, I think that was a six-parter. It was. But it was bloody brilliant. And she was so powerful in that. Like, she, oh, yeah. she reduced me to tears so many times. The scene, I remember in that show, the scene, it's in silence, but where the police come and say that they found the body and it's just in silence. Like, you see it through almost like a conservatory. Unbelievable, thing. yeah. I'm getting goosebumps just um, remembering it. Oh, it was just heartbreaking. And yeah, she plays, I don't want to say ordinary because that's not what I mean, but just like a normal every woman so well. And it, she's so relatable. Um and she was also That's in a really, a really shit. It was fun, but it was shit on Netflix, which again, I feel like it was just before lockdown. I think it was called The Stranger and it was batshit crazy. Yeah. 
That was batshit crazy. So it had Anthony Stewart Head, who now goes by Anthony Head because apparently that's, you know... I just call him Giles. Him. He's just Giles and yeah. that's that. So Giles from Buffy or the guy from the um, Maxwell House adverts, if you are of that <laughs> he's generation. He's in everything at the moment, though. He was in Motherland. Um, he's in, like... He's just popping up and everywhere. And Dexter. It isn't... Um, no, the guy from Dexter is in The Stranger as well. Is he? Yeah. No. What? De- he's the actual main guy. Dexter? No, no, it's not him. It's um, what's his name? Richard Armitage, who was in The Hobbit. Oh yeah, and Spooks. I was thinking of another series that came out at the same time. Uh, okay. So at the same time that The Stranger came out, which obviously we've gone on a nice little tangent. roller coaster here of, um, but it's a good tangent. Uh, Safe came out, so it's Michael C. Hall, Amanda Abington, who was married to um. Martin Freeman. God, it's Mark all very Warren. incestuous. Incestuous? Incestuous. 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 Uh, that was really good as well, actually. I think that's a six, another six-parter. I think it's a Netflix original. Interesting. Original. I've only had half a glass of it, I'd <laughs> say. Um, I think it's a Netflix original. So again, I, if you like anything along the vein of what we're talking about, The Safe is definitely worth a watch too. Okay, well, um, there's a few more Jimmy slash Sean collabs that i want to check out from the bbc one is accused because this is this is direct intel from my mum because i don't always watch that much on terrestrial tv so accused was a series i think it was about six episodes where every episode was a different tale of like the justice system and sean bean and stephen graham both appear in one together and i believe sean bean's a cross-dresser so there's a mental image for you want to watch that and also another one called Broken, where he plays a priest, not a pedo priest, just a priest trying to help his parish. So I think probably by- I've watched two episodes of that. It's really good. Okay, I wanna I wanna watch that once the football's over because mainly I've been watching football, but I got time in just before it started. Um, Hold on, I'm get get my pen out. So we've got the accused. It's just accused. called accused. Yeah. So there are my when I feel like oh. Things are going quite well. I need to feel shit for a bit. And then ultimately, hopefully, a bit uplifted. Those will be my go-to. Nice. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That's, I can't believe um, we both, both have the same one. Great. I mean, I kind of well, can. It is new and I, it is excellent, but... I do have another new, if you would like to hear that instead. Yeah, let's do it. What's your new? So this is a, an amusing and light-hearted new. So a couple of weeks ago, I fully binged the first two series of motherland hey i've been watching that as well which has got to be some of the best fucking television so that good. i've watched in oh ages my God. kevin Purely. kevin is just oh, kevin. a brilliant creation unbelievable so the premise of motherland it says it's on netflix and bbc so bbc iplayer has all of the seasons we'll talk about that in a minute um is basically like the parents a lot of them are single parents or like you know full-time parents uh who meet up in a cafe become mates like on the school run essentially supporting each other through the challenges of motherhood uh, and it is fucking hilarious but also there are moments in it where i genuinely sobbed so some of it like there's some real emotion behind it it is just really well done and also stars anthony stewart head yes so, so yeah. Giles from buffy is in that too yeah he pops up in that and um it's just hilarious anna maxwell martin her face that, that face she pulls, a little like grin of all her teeth. She's just, oh, they're all fab- fabulous, but she's so funny. Um, okay, so who who are you? Which mother are you from This Motherland? is what I do say to Aaron. I'm like, which one am I? 
Um, and he says I'm Kevin, but I'm not because Kevin's like perfect. And I'm, you are I'm, definitely I'm Kevin. terrible. No, I'm not Kevin. <laughs> I'm um, probably Julia. I say that because I'm like, you're always out. And I'm always, I mean, he's out now. So yeah, I'm Julia potentially. Um, yeah. Or maybe a bit of, oh, what's the other one? The single one. Liz. Liz. Sort of a I mixture a bit- of them. I'd like to be a bit of a mixture of Liz and Julia. I think I'd probably end up being a Kevin. Kevin, um, oh, I'd love to be Kevin. Kevin's the best. Kevin literally like does everything for his kids, and he's very cringe, but he just—he's oh, such a good stay-at-home dad. He is a great stay-at-home. Or I want to be Amanda I, and just be like skinny and rich. She is a complete dick, but I'd like the skinny and rich part. Please. I want to push Amanda down a well. She's so funny though. She's so good at it. I, so I watched the first two seasons in like a week. Yeah, we did as <laughs> I got, well. I got really overexcited. And I was like, oh, where's where's season three? And I've been talking to my friend Shell, who's who's got two kids under the age of four and is an Ooh. amazing mum. Because how on earth does anyone do that? It's incredible. And um, then I kept seeing memes on the Instagram. <laughs> uh, thinking, I don't remember that. Anyway, then I realised there was a third season that's not on Netflix, but is on BBC yes, iPlayer. Yes. So I watched the whole uh, the whole of season three in one weekend. Absolutely fucking mental. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Very easy to do. And it, yeah, it's just, it is something nice and easy just to watch in between like other shows or whatever, or the football. You can just pop it on, watch it. It's really funny. Um, oh, the swimming pool one is just... Hilarious. And when they go to stay in the oh house God. and the hog, the pig, oh, Kevin. Oh, the pig. The pig is just, it's when they first, so there's a character that comes in played by Tanya Moody called Meg in uh, season two. Oh, I I'd like to be was. Meg as well. Meg's pretty cool. Yeah, she's pretty cool. But the first time they meet her and they go on a night out is the most batshit, hilarious thing I've ever I watched. I feel that's relatable. I've been in situations oh. with people where I'm like, you just need to go home and they're like pissing in the street yeah. or whatever. Maybe not quite Pissing in the street, commandeering a bus and then climbing out of a window. So This is what mums like do, okay? This is what we do when we get Free rain for once. That's what we go. Tequila. So as a, as a little extra, pissing. if you need something light, relatable, um, but with a bit of heart, I highly recommend Motherland, even if you're not a mother like me. Yes, I will double down on that because it's very, very funny. And how funny, we've both watched the same thing. But that wasn't my something old. That was just something that I've been watching. Yeah. Well, what what is your something old? So my something old actually does link into my something new, which wasn't deliberate but Mm. kind of one inspired the other in a weird way. Okay, so this happens. I did fall down a Sean Bean Google hole. Did you know he's been married five times? What? He kept kept just marrying his co-stars and dumping the old one. Kind of makes me think. Sure. I know. I like to think of him as basically being sharp or Ned Stark, but I'm not sure that's correct. So, yeah, stumbled across a show he appeared in I have vivid memories of from my childhood but I must have just like buried it until I saw the name so it's Jim Henson's The Storyteller and it's from 1988 do you remember this show I do not what is this magic okay so essentially it has John Hurt in like facial prosthetics telling weird European fairy tales next to a fire with his puppet dog there's lots of puppetry in it because it's Jim Henson Um. so yeah there's like some nine episodes I think and Sean Bean actually appears in an episode next to Jane Horrocks Jane Horrocks yeah she's a she's like the pretty princess she is pretty but you just not used to seeing her like that 
Jane Horrocks. Nice. If, for anyone who doesn't know, she was in Ab Fab. She was in Little Voice. Great British actress, but not someone you'd go, oh yeah, she's like a princess beauty. That is excellent. But the yeah, but the one I remember from my childhood, and it's what sort of sprung me into. <gasps> I remember that. It's called Hans My Hedgehog and it features a genuinely disturbing hedgehog puppet man. It's like a half hedgehog, half man. But when it's a baby, it looks like the baby Grinch. Do you remember the baby Grinch? Yeah. Horrific. Um, Yeah. So the show is on Amazon Prime for free. So, yeah. So I've just been... And they're about 20 minutes uh, long each, these episodes. And so you can just kind of watch them. I will say the special effects is really... are really bad. The Muppets... I mean, in fairness, it's 30-odd years old. It is. The puppets are really good, but there are scenes where there's, like, um, like landscapes of, like, birds flying or whatever or, like, things that don't exist, and it is... The quality's not good. Um, But it's got so many actors in it and actresses from when they were young. So Jolie Richardson's in it, Jonathan Price, there's Sean Bean, um, Miranda Richardson, loads of people. are like, oh, it's them, oh, it's them. And so here's a little famous person thing for you. So Jolie Richardson and uh, her mother, I was about to say Diana Rigg, that's not her Vanessa name. Redgrave. Um, yeah. Live just outside of the village where I grew up and I used to serve both of them when I worked behind the counter in Tesco's. Wow. How were they? Nice? Uh, Vanessa Redgrave was lovely, but a bit mad. Uh, Jolie Richardson was fine. Just fine. She was, well, when I, when I was working there, that was when her sister died oh so she was probably a bit sad yeah natasha fucking awful that yeah terrible um so hands my hedgehog right that so So the the show is called the storyteller but the episode that is like that i just remember and i remember it giving my little brother nightmares and he was like the boy with the black nose and it's just quite a disturbing story because you know these european fairy tales are always horrible there's quite well, a lot of tales were, stories. Were all scary. Yeah. So I did when I we did fairy tales when I was at uni. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> worked well hard at uni doing yeah. fairy tales. Um, but we did a lot of Angela Carter. Yeah, which is like back to the original sick, scary fairy tales because they were supposed to be scary. So while you were talking about that, I thought, oh well, I'll just have a look on IMDb because uh, you know I'm up on it. Um, firstly, the episode, season one, episode one, Hands My Hedgehog, is, is rated eight stars out of ten on IMDb. It is and good. It start, the summary goes, a farmer's wife wishes to have a child so badly she doesn't care what it looked like. And as if by a miracle, she does get pregnant, but the child, Hans, looks like a cross between a human and a hedgehog. Nicknamed Grovelhog. Grovelhog? They shout Grovelhog, eh? Grovelhog, Grovelhog. They're like, the kids bully him. That's really family, cool. Family um, entertainment, yeah, it's nice. But I do actually now have a weird, vague memory of this. Yeah, I mean, if you saw it, it would stay with you forever. Yeah. Because I'm 100% going to watch you this. You should, I mean, they're quite fun. You know, like if you like Labyrinth, if you like The Dark Crystal, that kind of thing. Like the humor, there's a bit of humor in there. Um, and you know, like, yeah, Sean Bean turns up as a gardener turned prince. And it's just, it's that got that nostalgia. And John Hurt's very good. And he's kind of like cosplaying Bil- Bilbo with this like Muppet dog that speaks and has an American accent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... Cosplaying if, if Bilbo you, with a Muppet dog. If you that want is that kind of, sun- of <laughs> Sunday afternoon 
kind of cozy nostalgia but we've actually some quite horrifying stories the storyteller on amazon prime it is free to view well that is a recommendation i'm taking up Liz. didn't don't bet you didn't have a uh, mentioning muppetry shows in your uh, bingo for this episode did you no, but for next month's episode, uh, definitely all of you should do some kind of something old, something new bingo. How many times is Picking Sean at- Bean going to come up? Uh, quite a lot, I think. You know, he's in so well, many I films. Think- he was in like... I might... I was looking through his IMDb and he's like, oh yeah, he's in The Martian. Oh yeah, he's in Troy. Oh yeah, he's in Ronin. Like he's in basically everything. Everything? And that's because he's brilliant and we love him. And if he wants a guest on the show, like get in contact, Sean. I'll tag you. I don't think he's even online, but... Find a way. He's probably online somewhere. Maybe his agent is. I'd be up for that. None of the other shows. Don't worry about the boys. Yeah, they're Come not interested something in old, something Bean. New. None of their brothers are called Sean because of Sean Bean and Sean Connery. No. We ruined it now. Well, Sean's never going to come Well, on. Sean Connery's dead, so... Sean, the, Sean Bean is the next best Bean. Uh, next best Sean, rather. The next best Bean? What, next to Mr. Bean? Mr. Bean. <laughs> He's the original <laughs> Mr. Bean. The next best bean. That's my daily sick. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, one drink too many oh, gone excellent. straight to my head. Um, yeah, me too. I think unless you want to comment any further on the next best bean or Muppets or anything like that, I think that's about it for us here. I think that covers uh, some excellent something olds and something news. Um, I'm so delighted that we've come up with this concept yeah, all by ourselves. It's going to be good to kind of, like I said, I mean, I know quarantine and lockdown's lifting, but... I personally am still at home quite a lot. So it's a good opportunity to revisit the old stuff and actually try and watch something a bit new. Um, I've got a few things lined up in my brain. Um, but, yeah, me too now. But yeah, if you've enjoyed the show, that's good. And if you could subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you listen to it on, um, and you can check out our new shows that I mentioned at the start of the show. And if you're feeling flush, you can even donate to us via Patreon. So you can do that by visiting patreon.com forward slash fancritical for more info on how to sign up. So our next episode from Fancritical will be witnessing Gaz and Len do battle in Not All Sequels Are Created Equal. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Emma, congrats on the job again. Thanks, mate. Thank you very well much. Well done on hosting. Well, you know. Excellent episode. Well, I hope so. Um, thank you for your choices. I wonder if we'll have any more in the future where we've both watched the same thing. I reckon it is likely. Tune in next month to see. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah. Tune in next time. Right. Bye, guys. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.